Good afternoon, everyone out there in real estate world. This is Jim Lowenstern, and my co-host, Larry Lawfer, is here with me. And our show, Broker Talk, is coming to you live and fully recorded and edited from the center of the real estate universe, also the center of the sports universe, Boston, Massachusetts, USA. How are you doing today, Larry? I'm doing great, Jim. I'm sure that some of the people out there are wondering why in the world we're doing uh, blog talk or uh, broker talk radio. Um, when we talked about this originally, I, I loved the show Car Talk. And uh, those guys had an ability to share information about their subject and make it enjoyable and entertaining. Sadly, one of those two guys died, so now it's in reruns. And I'm hoping if uh, we can uh, copy what they did, um, I'm hoping it's not going to be me who dies. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> We're <laughs> starting off the show on a positive note. Uh, well, uh, okay. Uh, Danny still has one dragon, so you got to just look at the positive. <laughs> and I, I want to introduce our first guest today. He is a, a Redfin agent working here in the United States, and um, he wants to be called Guido Sarducci. Guido, are you on the line? I am. <laughs> so, Guido, um, how is it working for Redfin? Uh, well, Redfin has a different model. I don't know if people are familiar uh, than a traditional real estate brokerage. So, essentially, it's really no different than any other corporate environment. So explain that a little bit more, Guido. So Redfin agents are uh, are not compensated in the in the same fashion traditional real estate agents are solely through commission. There's a a salary um, that you get. There's a uh, event pay in addition to that, and then uh, you get bonuses as well. So you were an agent uh, on your own with some of the better-known agencies beforehand. Why did you decide to go with Redfin? Uh, because I moved. I was. I, I basically started over in a new area where I had no um, contacts or networking. I uh, when I originally started real estate here, <clears throat> I um, tried the traditional route and uh, was un unable to create enough business to, to support my lifestyle at the time, so I decided to go to Redfin to make things less, so, a little so, easier financially. Yeah, so uh, Guido, hi, this is Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good, good. Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, thank you for coming on the show. So, uh, how long have you been in the business overall? I've been uh, in residential real estate for uh, almost two decades. Okay, and with Redfin for how long? Since 
since November of 2019. So, uh, what are we, May, five, seven months? Okay, yeah. Okay. So, uh, what do you think you'll be earning this year? In a twelve-month period. Um, this year, if if it if the first couple months are, are are an indication of consistent income that I'll be receiving, I'll make about um, somewhere between fifty and sixty thousand dollars. Okay, is that net or that's before taxes? That's that's gross. Gross. Okay, and. Uh, do you remember what it was like the first month or two, like November and December? Were those slower months? In other words, did you do actually, less and get paid uh, less? I was surprised. Um, so typically, within the same time frame that I've been working at Redfin, I was I was a lot slower, um, showing wise. I would say. I was way more busy at Redfin during that period. Okay, all right. But but it, it but it, it's a it's a trade off though because so basically the trade off uh, working at Redfin is you're sacrificing income uh, total income for consistent income. Okay, all right. So are you doing um, showings with buyers only, or how how does that work? Yeah, so I uh, I would say right now, since I've joined Redfin, I'm exclusively a buyer's agent. Okay, so you've done traditional brokerage. I would say what you're doing now is non-traditional. Let's say that, um, you know, once trained to be a broker, you really always have that training. So you meet someone, they mention that they're thinking of selling their house, and typically you would have said, oh, that's great, because that's what I do. I sell houses, and you take the listing. Uh, how does that work at Redfin? That would have to be referred to the seller agent in my area. So basically, um, Redfin breaks people up into areas of specialty. So buyer's agent... Sales agent. Some, okay, so some you can't. Are, uh, are hybrids. Okay, so there are people that do both. Yeah. But it's only in certain areas, not necessarily yours? Well, it's broken up by regions. So each region, so like the, so like it's, it's set up similar to Boston as it is in New York, except. In New York, you have Manhattan, you have Long Island, you have Westchester. Um, so they're broken up into different areas. So each each area works as a team. Okay. So it sounds like there's a lot of rules, and maybe when you started you didn't know all the rules, but you know them all now, or are there are always new rules popping up depending on the day of the week and the situation. Um, I don't, what do you mean by rules? Well, I mean, rule number one, uh, there's a listing, it's presenting itself, it's right in front of you, and yet 
you can't take the listing. You have to give it to someone else. That's a rule, right? Or can you just say, the hell with your in, rule, I'll do in, what I want. In, in layman's term, it's a rule. In corporate speak, it's a procedure. Oh, okay. It's business, business procedure. Semantics. <laughs> so uh, let's go with procedurally. How do you feel about Redfin on a scale of 1 to 10? Um, I think uh, Redfin is really good for someone just getting into real estate. Um, someone who uh, is <clears throat> doesn't want to deal with the ups and downs of income that a lot of real estate agents in the traditional model will typically deal with. Um, and what's the downside? You know, well, again, you're 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 sacrificing consistent income with total income. Okay. Total income, okay, the sacrifices for total. So what you're saying is you believe in the future you'll make more if you're not with Redfin and might segue out of Redfin at a certain point? Or, I mean, you're, um, you're, deal, you're dealing with people when you deal with buyers, right? Correct. Okay. The, the, so, so basically there's no difference from a, from a customer level I don't really do anything different at Redfin than I did prior to that. However, I'm, rather than selling myself, I'm selling the Redfin model. Okay. And the Redfin model, uh, uh, Guido, is the model that they believe by only charging 1% for a listing and giving 3% to a buyer's agent, that they are serving the consumer better than more traditional agencies. Isn't that correct? Um, I, would, I, would, I don't know what their specific stance that on that is, but yeah. Okay. About, um, so so from, from my standpoint, because I'm a buyer's agent, the philosophy of Redfin is to, is to provide you as a consumer the best transactional experience as possible, um, which is why it's set up the way it is. So, you know, so the way it works is you would sign up on the Redfin app or through the website, set up a showing, a property showing, but when you signed up, you were assigned a specific agent who will be in contact with you throughout the transactional period if you ultimately end up buying a home through Redfin. However, you're not beholden to that, that agent schedule because we work as one big team. So if you wanted to see an, uh, a property on Friday at 5 o'clock, it automatically goes to whatever agent has availability at that time that's next up on the list. Okay. So well, let, let, me, let me jump well. in here just for a moment. Uh, uh, Guido. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So you, you've been with uh, Redfin for about six or seven months now. And right. uh, you joined because you thought consistent income. I don't know anybody in the area. Now, let's say in the next year, I don't know, you, you, maybe, maybe you're involved with 50 sales. Uh, 
Now, how does it work? Once you're introduced to a buyer, you keep showing them property until they buy something, or does it keep rotating for the schedule? In other words, oh, they really want to see this, and they can only do it Saturday afternoon at 3, and that's okay. Guido's not available. We'll put Mary Jane on it. Yes, that's exactly how it works. And you get paid what hourly or per the sh- per the showing? You get you get there's a there's a salary a per event case. So a showing would be an event, and then there's bonuses based on transactional business. Transactional. If you hit a certain yeah, so if you hit a certain number of transactions, you get bonus pay. But you're not allowed to take these people out and keep showing them property until they buy something. It's all going back to the app and the scheduling behind the scenes. No, I mean, if you came to me and only wanted to work with me, then yeah, then that's how it would be. If you don't mind meeting five different people over the course of three months looking at houses, then you would do it okay, the way so you it's previously up, described. Up, up to the buyer. So let's say you have been involved with 50 people this year and you've met 100 and you work for Redfin for a couple years and now you start doing the calculus. You start realizing that uh, some of these people are probably looking for investment property now or they outgrew their condo, they want a house or they're getting a divorce and they want to sell or they're relocating and they want to sell or whatever it is. They have a friend moving into the neighborhood and I'm not getting that referral, and you start doing the calculus on this, and you're going, wow, I'm really selling myself short. Do you have access to these people? Do you have their contact information, their phone numbers, their emails, their addresses? Uh, Are you able to start branching out on your own and possibly, I don't know, work for another company or even start your own company and say, wow, I got all these people. Why am I only working for $50,000 a year? Uh, well, the, the, the database belongs to Redfin. Right. It belongs to them. So that means all these people, they've got some kind of non-compete with you that you can't ever in the future when you don't work for Redfin can't access the relationships you've formed? Um, I mean, you could. Okay. I don't, I don't, it wouldn't be any different than, uh, how, you know, if you, if you work at Keller Williams and you have a private database, then, you know, it's the same thing. Well, no, because you just said it (laughs) it belongs to Redfin. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Redfin. It belongs to them to what point? to the point that you are still working there or the point that forever? So, so anybody that I meet is a Redfin client, not mine. Right. As long as you're working with Redfin. No, they're, they're, they are in forever Redfin clients. Forever. Okay. Seems a little... Um, Restrictive. If it's a contract, that contract would have an uh, would have to have an end date. I would assume, uh, just like our contracts have. Uh, talk for a moment about the testimonial aspect 
of the job. Oh, so that's so. After every event, um, the buyer will not event, but for a seller. But every every buyer and seller are, are asked to give feedback. After uh, so, not to be confusing, but every buyer every time they see property, they're asked to for feedback on their opinion of the Redfin agent that they met with. Like one through five stars, like Uber? Uh, yeah, correct. And and whatever and whatever whatever it is, it's on the website forever. So if you get a poor rating, they don't take it off. And how does that affect your showings? Do you get fewer showings or fewer events, as you call them? Um, you know what? I'm not sure. I was told by somebody else that works in a different area that uh, that the the more the higher rating you get on a testimonial feedback, uh, the more appointments you get. Because obviously, they want to reward people. The company wants to reward people that are effective, um, but I'm not. Sh I, I don't know if a poor rating debilitates that. I don't really know how <clears throat> the specifics of how that works. Yeah, how the algorithms uh, work. This is an interesting topic, uh, Guido, and we really appreciate you giving us your time about this. Uh, do you mind if we check back in with you every once in a while and see how it's going? Yeah, not a problem. And, and I have one last question. Uh, I, I did speak about a hypothetical year or two out in the future, and all those, all those agents and actually all the people that you meet and just outside of work uh, – can you see yourself going back to a, a more traditional position in the industry, or do you think that this is going to be uh, your future? Um, that's a good question. I haven't really given much thought because there's opportunity to move up within the Redfin hierarchy as a corporation. Um, but one of the other one of the other reasons why. I, I decided to go with Redfin because I was thinking about relocating to another area of the country in the next three to five years. And I have the opportunity to stay within Redfin as long as there's a position available that I, I would be accepted for. Are there, I can relocate with yeah, that. I was going to say, are there physical offices anywhere or this is all virtual? No, there's a physical office. Each each uh, main hub area has a physical location. And how many agents work out of the one near you? Uh, we have like um, eighteen to twenty-two agents, something like that. Oh, I was thinking you were going to tell me, well, a much higher number. Uh, so he's just talking about his specific area, right? So how far from where you actually live uh, is that office? So my office is about ten, fifteen minutes from my house, but I never, 
if I go into the office once every three months, that's a lot. And uh, are there desks there? What, what does the office look like? Yeah, traditional real estate office. So there's a conference room, there's desks, there's a secretarial uh, desk out uh, front. No receptionist. No receptionist. No receptionist, but everything else is the same. So... There's uh, an entry foyer. Is, <clears throat> is it on the street, or is it like in an off, no. office building? It's in a... Uh, it's a, in an office building. Okay. So it's not easily accessible for people coming in as walk-ins, for example. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's do this again sometime, and we'll, we'll catch up. We'll talk soon. Hey, you got it. Okay. Thanks for having, thanks for Th having me. Thank you, Guido. God bless you, Guido. You got it. So let's talk about um, this travesty on Netflix. The cancellation of our favorite real estate show. Have you watched all the episodes of Santa Clarita Diet? I have, as a matter of fact, and as sick as it is, and I'm, I'm very disappointed that of all of the real estate shows that we've ever seen, uh, this one is just hilarious, and they really capture the life of what it's like to be a real estate, except for the cannibalism. Except for the cannibalism. I would say that's the, the, the best part of our business. Oop, I just let out a little secret, I guess. That's, that's okay. It was canceled. You definitely have to see this. It's Drew Barrymore um, plays the real estate agent's she ate a bad clam. She ate a bad <laughs> clam, and now she has to eat human flesh. But she only she's eats not, bad people. She's not really a cannibal. She's more like the walking dead. That's she, what they say. Yeah, yeah. And she just eats bad people. And she eats just bad people. Yeah. So there are some Nazis that get eaten and some bullies that get eaten and some rapists gets eaten. Wife, wife beaters. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's truly a shame. Back... Back to uh, real news in in the real estate industry. I'm looking at some EXP things that are going on these this last couple of weeks, Jim, and I see that the uh, senior uh, management, three of their major people have left since November. I'm kind of wondering what that's about. And then also in California, there is. Uh, 72 complaints about uh, EXP in California. It's working its way through the courts, and it has specifically to do with the, the technology and the supervision of the real estate industry. What have you heard about this? I haven't read the article, but uh, it sounds intriguing. I, I do know that there's a bunch of lawsuits in uh, California about, um, I, I guess it would be the classification of employees versus independent contractors. And uh, I, I didn't know if it was specific to EXP, but maybe it has something to do with that. Well, the EXP lawsuits uh, specifically accuse uh, teams of not displaying the EXP Realty as prominently. They don't have the team names. These, these are national laws. Um, and No, no, state, state. Like, I, I have my license in Florida and yeah, I mean, it's all percentage of, uh, 
uh, like on a yard sign, for example, it has uh, the uh, the broker name has to be larger than the team name and whatever. But um, lots of companies, uh, I, can, I can give you a list, have just allowed teams to um, push the the logo size of the the broker brand uh, down to nothing. So is that is that the lawsuit? It's just these teams are just going rogue and doing whatever they want? That's exactly, because there is zero oversight. In fact, in every email that you send out, you're supposed to include your brokerage and your phone number, not your personal email or, or personal cell phone, but you have to include a way for the consumer to talk to someone other than you when you make a problem, when you make a mistake and that's the laws that are being broken and i think only because there's in with these virtual offices nobody's paying attention and it's not that the agents want to do something illegal or or unethical they just don't know they're not trained this is the biggest problem for me with the virtual agencies well, I think it's the biggest problem with the sheer number of brokers getting, you know, people getting licenses and e- even agents that are trained often are not really trained. They've sat in a class and they might know how to fill out a form, but uh, I had an agent yesterday. Uh, he clearly didn't know how to fill out a form. He claimed he was in the business for two years and his broker would would tell you how great their training is. That's why you would work for him. Uh, it's it's just commonplace in this business, unfortunately. Well, I think that's why we're trying to change that here with our Agent One program. So often you come into an office untrained, and it's not just untrained, it's lacking experience. Uh, what is that uh, thing about experience, experience? Uh, to- making mistakes gives you experience. So if you are around agents who can share with you stories, oh, don't do that, because if you do that, this happens. That's better training than sit and watch our webinar. You know, uh, go and pay us hundreds of dollars and sit in a conference room and we'll coach you up. When you leave, you feel very excited. You don't necessarily do any of that stuff down the road. Well, you're talking about mentorships and uh, and having people that really have done the business and done it in many different ways. Uh, if, you, if you're going to be a rental agent, um, if you're just going to be a rental agent, you really shouldn't be trained by someone who's m- maybe never done a rental because there are a lot of agents that don't do rentals. And if you're a sales agent... You don't want to be trained necessarily by someone who isn't active, someone who's just training people because they don't have enough experience. They're not in the trenches. And they may have done it 10 years ago, but this industry, as demonstrated by Guido, he's he's getting paid uh, like an Uber driver, showing up and meeting different people and, and uh, acting uh, a certain way to get good reviews uh, it's 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 a whole new way of looking at the business this is not the way i was trained um, i meet people i i would say if they want it's a life lifetime of a relationship not for the next 20 minutes 
it's a career and it's a profession. And quite often uh, people don't approach it that way, I've found. But here we're with the Agent One program, we are going to train people not just in the specifics, the types of the techniques, uh, how to fill out the paperwork, how to uh, uh, overcome objections, but we're going to do it based on your personality. Maybe you're an aggressive high D, as they say. Maybe you're not aggressive. Maybe you need to learn how to talk to somebody who's an engineer type, who needs all facts and figures. Maybe you're a storyteller like I am, and you just want to tell them the story. You have to be paying attention, and that takes training, and that takes mentorship. So this Agent One program, are you, um, are you blogging about it? Well, what what are you doing to to uh, make it happen? Well, uh, other than the people who come in our office are are trained uh, in the Agent One program, I am going to be blogging about it. I'm also going to be loading Instagram videos. Uh, one of them today, I made 50 calls today. Most of them were for uh, for sale by owners, FISBOs, and interestingly enough, half of them had phone numbers that are on the do not call list. How in the world can you, if you're on the do not call list and you're trying to sell your house, how can people call you? Well, Larry, you do realize that everyone is on the do not call list and the do not call list doesn't work. That's so, so clearly, from my phone it doesn't. It's, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean anything. I'm on the do not call list and believe me, all day long I get, Spam calls, robo calls, unknown calls, it's nonstop. So that's not going to affect anything. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the structure of this podcast as we go forward. We're always going to have a 